Insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's time to get locked in. To the best Sooner recruiting and football news with Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Text the show on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Do it! Just do it! Now, with Locked In, here's Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. Oh, it's the final day of the month, and if you've listened to the show for any period of time, You know exactly what that means. It is time to award for the month of February the KREF Recruiter of the Month. Parker Thune joins me now. Repeat. Repeat. You can hear what we haven't even listed the nominees yet. You can already hear the crowd in the background there at Cavens is chanting for Sir William E. Biedenboe to win again. That's who the crowd wants. Now, the candidates are as followed. The fan favorite, the crowd favorites. Bill Biedenboe, who secured a commit from 2025 offensive lineman Ryan Foger. So Bill Biedenboe is one candidate for KREF Recruiter of the Month for the month of February. The other candidates? Well, there are no other candidates to speak of (laughs) because that's all that happened in the past 29 days. Uncontested, free lane to the basket. He slams it home. Not one, not two, but for the third consecutive month, Sir William E. Biedenboe is the KREF Recruiter of the Month. And that ties a KREF record that we have. Wow, what a moment, Parker. Yeah, it's him and Emmett Jones, right? And does this make him the first uncontested winner of the award? I Yeah, because it, most months there's at least been – because the portal cycle never closes now. I, I think no. that's what, we, what we've learned. So there's at least been like a transfer portal get, or we've at least had, well, Jada Coleman because Billy Bowman ended up coming back. Like we, We've had all these uh, different individuals up, but this is the first time uncontested that Bill Biedenboe uh, has won. Well done, Sir Biedenboe. Three in a row, elite company. Only Emmett Jones had pulled it off to this point. Now the question is, can he make it four straight in March? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, Bill Biedenboe, what would you like to say on behalf of your third consecutive KREF Recruiter of the Month award? <laughs> Good work hard, Parker. That's what you do. Dang straight. <laughs> Tell him, Bill. No, um, it's Ryan Foger was a uh, was a good get this month, but it doesn't seem like anything is super imminent necessarily. At least I I feel confident going ahead and uh, awarding this today, even though we're technically not out of the last day of this month. But no, I just just to recap, someone that we've talked about for a few weeks now. Ryan Foger, a, a really good offensive line get. Is he going to be the highest-ranked player that you have in this class? No. Is he going to be the highest-ranked offensive lineman you get in this class? Well, hopefully not, but he's still a very valuable uh, asset to this class regardless. Yeah, no, he's he's huge, and he's already a four-star, uh, starting to get his recognition across the board in the recruiting industry and definitely somebody that has the potential to rise because he's still relatively new to the offensive line game. Last year was his very first year 
playing offensive tackle. And so to have flown as high as he has already as a prospect is remarkable and would lead you to believe that with a strong senior season, he's definitely a dude that could work his way into top 150, even top 100 status in a perfect world. Now, a lot obviously depends on how much he develops throughout the offseason, how improved his technique is. He's strong as all get out and pretty technically savvy already, not, you know, not terribly advanced, but pretty savvy for somebody that's that new to play an offensive line. But he's a mauler, man, and got the uh, got the size and got the athleticism that you just can't teach. Well, and we've talked uh, several times already about how big of a recruiting cycle this is for for Bill Biedenboe. Like Josh Hilmer on his on his podcast, he said, "Hey, we're going to have this recruiting analyst on. What do you think are the two to three biggest stories or headlines going on in OU recruiting right now?" And I immediately brought up offensive line recruiting. And I made the comparison that I feel like offensive line this year and the targets that you have and the opportunity that's out there is very similar to what we were saying about the defensive line haul last year with Todd Bates. It's like, all right, need to have a really good D-line class, and it feels like you've got a really good opportunity to have that class. Todd Bates did that. Now it's Bill Biedenboe's turn. Do you kind of see the the two storylines mirror each other a little bit when it comes to because both guys have accomplished things in the past. There may be a little bit questioned by a certain section of the fan base. Do you think that we could mirror what Biedenboe needs to do with offensive line, similar to how we we viewed uh, Bates in the defensive line last year? Maybe, but like, I, here's the difference. I think in 2023, Bates had a class that very obviously did not live up to expectations, right? And the one guy that you were proud of, excited about, the crown jewel of that class when all was said and done, was a guy that lasted all of five months in Norman, in Derek LeBlanc, before he transferred back home to UCF. And so the only holdovers... By the time the season rolled around from that group were Ashton Sanders and Marcus Strong. Both of those were guys that were never expected to make a day one impact. It was going to take time. And Sanders, certainly, as well as Strong, but Sanders more specifically is a guy that uh, is likely going to push for a rotational role this fall. But that 2023 class, largely because the whole DJ Hicks thing fell through, didn't really live up to expectations. Even the lowest of expectations and I got no shame in saying that because I don't think it's cost Oklahoma anything in the long run Bates turned around and he got David Stone and he got Jaden Jackson but that 2023 class was subpar both in terms of quality and quantity and so he was a guy that needed that turnaround in 2024 for Bill man does he really need a turnaround like that does he really need a statement class i don't think he does because i think historically when you look at what he's done he's never a guy that has needed to put it all together in one particular cycle to be able to feel the dominant offensive line two three years into the future he can take a guy here a guy there he can take a transfer when he needs to and he can cobble something together that resembles one of the better lines in America. But that opportunity's there, man, with uh, Fasusi sitting at 11 and, what, Ty Haywood sitting at 16. I mean, it just feels like it's a real opportunity for him to have his best class since, uh, since he's been at OU. But we'll see what happens throughout the uh, remainder of the cycle. But, yes, Bill Beatonbow, 
third consecutive month, KREF Recruiter of the Month. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A lot of recruiting to get to today. A note on an in-state recruit for 2025. Landon Rink has an interesting tweet out that we'll uh, talk about coming up next segment. But I did want to uh, switch to this because it is someone that we routinely make fun of on this show, and I hope that never changes. Might the SEC have a sense of humor? I ask that because the SEC Media Day schedule was released today. All right? And on the first day, you'll have LSU's Brian Kelly, Ole Miss Lane Kiffin, South Carolina's Shane Beamer, and Vanderbilt's Clark Lee at SEC Media Day for the first day altogether. I bet everyone can guess which coach they have paired up with Brent Venables day two. It is the guy that we make fun of routinely. It is Alaya Dorkowitz himself that is one of the three other coaches paired up with Brent. Tuesday, July 16th in Dallas, it'll be Kirby Smart, Dorkowitz, Brent Venables, and Josh Heupel all at SEC Media Day on the same day together. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong with those two together there at the same time? I don't think Brent will do anything, though he did say some things last year at Big 12 Media Day. But you know Drink's going to try to uh, throw in something while he's there, whether at the podium or on a radio interview or something. Oh, you know he will. Ooh, ooh. Do you think we can get an exclusive with Drink on these airwaves? Yes, I can. You think he knows some of the things we've said about him in the past? Yes, I do. (laughs) He feels like he's a guy that knows exactly what we said about him over the course of the past several months. Is he going to be like, oh, you guys are... Huh, huh. How do we how do we put how do we make it appear that we're not from the OU market? I don't know, but I want to make it very clear that that's exactly where we're from. Oh, really? Okay, yes. so you just want to be shameless with I, it. I I mean, I want him to try and troll or I want him to troll, okay? And then I'm going to say, "Hey, uh drink if you don't mind." We'd like to go to our Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line for some responses. I'd like for Drink to troll and then for him to sit there for 8 to 10 minutes and hear all the texts that people are saying about him on the text line. That would be gold. Man. Okay, I have a new mission for SEC Media Days in July. We're making it happen, folks. We're getting Drink on the show. Is that the SEC coach outside of uh, Brent that you would want on the show the most? Is Drink? Just because of the madness that could ensue with said interview? Is there anybody else that I would rather have than drink? Let me think here. Like Sark, you hate Texas, but Sark's, I mean, he doesn't really, unless you're an Alamo Bowl staffer out on the field before the game, I mean, you're probably no problems are going to be, you're probably not going to have any problems with that. Yes, I actually respect Sark. He's conducted himself very professionally outside of blowing up on that one <laughs> Alamo Bull intern. I guess he just gets a real hot head when he's getting ready to run out of the tunnel. Um, oh, maybe Leb. Yeah. Uh, make a jet sweep joke or two while he's on the Gosh. air. That, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Shane Beamer would be awesome. Shane Beamer would be like, oh, Oklahoma's such a great place, man. Like, yeah. Take it easy on us this year. You know, uh, Shane Beamer wants any opportunity to talk about how awesome he thinks OU is. I, I don't know why that would be different this year, even if that's true. Schedule. I think maybe all in all, just for like, I, th- I feel like the guy that people would enjoy most would be Shane Beamer. I do think it'd be funny to have Lebby on this show. Be like, <laughs> hey, hey, Lebby, you remember when I took that photo of you and Art Bryles and all hell ensued on social media? Oh, gosh. 
Yes, please let that be the opening question if we get Lebby on the show. And then we'll go, hey, Josh Heupel, um, here's my co-host Parker Thune. Remember when he tried to have a conversation with you and you shut him down rather quickly and walked off? We yeah, can have some I, really awkward moments with you and SEC coaches this year. We really could, man. We really could. The more I think about it, the more I realize, oh, yeah, there'd be some definite subplots at play with a lot of these guys. Sooner Jet says, if y'all get dipwits on the show, some of us going to jail. <laughs> 580 drink on the show. We will have a public execution. Okie Drink Slinger what? says, KREF dipwits shirt should be worn. What we need to do. We need to make it I, – I don't know. I see it circulating on social media from time to time. I don't know what show it is, but, you know, like the, show, the segment of whatever show it is where they have celebrities read mean tweets about themselves. Yes. What we need to do is just have Drink sit down and read the text line. <laughs> These aren't real people. There's no way they would say things like this about me. Oh, pal, you'd be very surprised. What's said about you? God, could you have we, – we, uh, we broke the text record a few months ago for text in an hour. Uh, I can't imagine. Well, actually, I can. But the number of texts that would roll in in an hour if we did that would, would never be broken again. It'd be like the OU softball winning streak, never to be broken again. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Several texts to get to, a lot of recruiting to get to, Jacob Blasey, and a whole lot more. Keep it locked on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Join the movement. The Ref Army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the showroom. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma... Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune... 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. What's uh, going on with Landon Rink? There's some uh, tweets being sent out today, tagging Hayes Fawcett. If you if you don't know who Landon Rink is, six foot three, two hundred and eighty pound defensive end out of the state of Texas. Got a lot of really good offers. OU, Texas, A and M, LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Um, a, a ton of really good offers. He's a four-star, 187 nationally, according to rivals. Is he about to drop a top five? What's what's the deal here? Something about, it, about to happen. Yeah, it'll be a top schools list. And the thing with Landon Rink is he's a Texas legacy, and Oklahoma's in a good spot there, as is A&M. A couple other schools, Ohio State is making a push for him, among others. But to me, it's like, okay, what happens when Texas decides to – turn the heat up on that kid because been down this road before with Colton Vosick not saying it's an exact apples to apples comparison but for a kid like that whose dad played at the University of Texas he obviously grew up a Texas fan has spent a ton of time on the 40 acres like you almost have to convince me that that kid signs with anybody other than Texas before I'm gonna believe it yeah and this may be one of those scenarios where you know even though it you're moving in the right direction defensively and you've started to recruit at a higher level defensively, 
that maybe being OU in a situation like this um, could eventually like hurt you down the stretch if Texas really wants to get involved. And I say that because, well, if he's a Texas legacy, like there's one thing of not going to Texas if they offer and they're really in on him. It's another thing to not go to Texas but go to the rival school, right? Like LSU would be maybe a little bit different. Ohio State would be a little different. They're not direct rivals of Texas, so – I just wonder if we ever get to a point here, if Texas really turns up the heat, if OU being OU ends up ends up hurting them at any point. Yeah, and I don't think that will end up being the case. I mean, it wasn't the case for Vosick, obviously. And I think that's because you know, regardless of loyalties, this OU staff just has a very, very strong penchant for being able to connect with a kid relationally and make him feel the love from Oklahoma. And that's, you know, for so many kids, that's what it's about, right? If you, as long as these days, as long as you can prevent, or I'm sorry, present a strong package when it comes to NIL relationships, it's still what's going to tip the scales. I mean, certainly there are schools that in particular recruitments can and will offer significantly more than everybody else. But for a kid like Landon Rink, who's, in the middle tier of the four-star crowd, there's not going to be a ton of differentiation, I don't think, between the NIL offers he's going to get at any of his top schools. And so at that point, you know, what's going to be the distinguishing factor is relationships and scheme fit and just making a kid feel at home away from home. And the OU staff is good at that. Uh, in state, uh, Owen Slate, who we've talked about him more than a few times this week, offensive lineman out of Bixby, uh, put out a tweet that says, after a gracious conversation with at OU underscore po- uh, Coach B, I will be taking a UOV with at OU football on March 28th. So Owen Slate will be here, what, in about a month, next next month on March 28th. Yeah, that's a kid who uh, his his he and his family are season ticket holders. So if he ever gets the opportunity to play at OU, whether that's on scholarship or via PWO, uh, probably going to take it, I would think. And it's too early to tell what his offer sheet is going to look like definitively come the end of the cycle. But again, for any kid that's from Norman and that grew up bleeding crimson, it'll be tough for him to turn down the opportunity to be a Sooner if that opportunity is presented. Did I say Bixby? Sorry, we, we've been talking about a Bixby offensive lineman this week as well. Yes, Norman High, correct. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're thinking of Broderick Schull. Yes, we've we, uh, in-state offensive lineman. We've uh, talked about it this week more than any other, but good for Owen Slate. We talked about him as well, I think, earlier this week or maybe late last week. Also, when I see Owen Slate tag at OU underscore Coach B, do you think uh, Bill Biedenboe needs to change his Twitter uh, tag to at uh, OU underscore Coach B, three-time winner of KREF Recruiter of the Month? I I don't know if that would fit into Twitter's character parameters for uh He should at least handles, try. But, yeah, there definitely needs to be I, – I think what would be great is if he would just change his Twitter header to the Photoshop of him as Sir <laughs> William Biedenboe. That's really what we need. Uh, and then just no acknowledgement of it at all. It's the thing you have to go out of your way to discover. Thank you, Tattoo Baker, for making that last month. That was that was very much appreciated. Uh, Sooner Stu says, how many commits on OU's 2024 class could have chosen Texas? 
Oh man. Um, well, let's more than hang a few. on. Yeah, let's go through the list here. I'll I'll tell you definitively. Let's take a look at Oklahoma's 2024 class, player by player. Uh, EPL, he had a Texas offer. Reggie Powers didn't. He was out of the region. Uh, Devon Jordan didn't. Boganowski, no. Akinkumi, no. Danny Okoye sure did. Yep. Uh, he OV'd with Texas, as a matter of fact. Nigel Smith had the opportunity to play at Texas. David Stone certainly did. Eli Bowen, Texas, was the other finalist for his pledge. Isosa, Zerbrug, Patterson McDonald, no. Eugene Brooks came down to OU in Texas, mm-hmm. so that was a head-to-head battle that the Sooners won over the Longhorns. Taylor Tatum could have been a Longhorn if he wanted to. Zion Raggins, no. Jaden Jackson, certainly. Texas was a finalist for him. Texas offered Devon Mitchell. Uh, they did not offer Ivan Carrion. Uh, Wyatt Gilmore was not a guy that they were going to re- recruit territorially, nor Xavier Robinson. I don't recall them recruiting James Nesta. Zion Kearney, yes. Jaden Hardy, yes. Isaiah Autry, no. Daniels, no. Michael Hawkins, uh, yes and no. They knew they weren't going to get him, and so they never offered him. They did recruit him. Uh, Newcomb, I believe they did recruit, and Andy Bassett. So I would say probably close to half the yeah. kids on the list. Well, at least and, a but third the guys so. you said no were mostly because they were out of the out of the reach, and not that Texas yeah. won't recruit nationally, but the guys you said no on uh, may be from I, I don't know Ohio, right, or England across the pond, <laughs> or Kansas. Like the the guys that you mentioned, whether it be from mostly Texas, right. A couple of from Florida, but mostly Texas. Like, yeah, they, they all had Texas offers, and OU was still able to uh, to to land to land. Well, yeah, guys. and I mean, just think about how many I mentioned that had Texas on their final list of contenders: Okoye, top three, Nigel Smith, Eli Bowen, B.J. Brooks, Taylor Tatum, Jaden Jackson, uh, Zion Kearney. That's a, like that's a pretty substantial list right there, guys that chose Oklahoma over Texas when they very much had the opportunity to play at both schools. 405 says, with Jacob Lacey stepping away, do we look for another defensive lineman after spring, or do we go with who we have, or does that open up the floor for true freshmen to get in there? Um, I think that, I mean, yes, a couple of those. Does it open up the floor for true freshmen to get in there? Yeah, I think that that was already the case anyway. But I, I, I'll just kind of repeat what we said yesterday. I think the answer to this is yes. Do they look for another defensive lineman? But who's going to be available is just we, – we don't know the answer to that just yet. Who's going to be available I think is a key point of this. I'm sorry, what now? Who, who is available at defensive line in the portal? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a very key – like – would they take someone to just take someone who's just going to be a body and a filler and maybe not have a chance to play all that much? I don't think that they would spend a scholarship on that right now. But if someone they think has a chance to help them out immediately, whether a starter or a rotational player, then, yeah, I think they'd kick the tires on that potentially for sure. Yeah, it's all going to be dependent on who's available uh, because right now Oklahoma's in a situation where they really can't take a guy just for the sake of taking a guy adding a guy for depth's sake, if you can find a difference maker at defensive tackle, yeah, I think you'll make the requisite moves to be able to accommodate him on your roster. But if it's just a guy that's going to give you a snap here, a snap there, and not substantially increase your bottom line, you're not going to pull the trigger with the current numbers situation. Adam from Austin says, think Lacey is leaving because he realizes the freshmen are going to play ahead of him. No big deal. Um, I I don't think that that's what's going on at all, Adam. I I think that he's... 
um, actually, you know, seriously, you know, battling something. And I don't think that he wants to step away. I think Jacob Lacey probably going to be one of your starters on the defensive line this year. I think he would have played a lot and been a big part of your defensive line. I think Brent even called it devastating when he mentioned the news. But in case you didn't hear, Jacob Lacey says today um, that he is retiring from football because of the – essentially because of the blood clot issue that we've been talking about for about a year now. So I, I think that's the real issue of, of why he's stepping away. Yeah. And it's it's a tough situation, especially because I know he was so excited to get the opportunity to play for Todd Bates and did make an impact last year, made 12 starts. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it's unfortunate when a guy's career has to end due to factors beyond his control. That is the unfortunate reality for Jacob Lacey. Moving forward, I would say it's probably Grayson Halton or David Stone that is in line to start next to Dejon Terry. Uh, I, I guess if there, like, if there is a silver lining, and I hate to even try and find one when a guy is dealing with a situation like Jacob Lacey's, but I guess it somewhat mitigates the difficulty of trying to process your roster down to 85 scholarship guys by the start of fall camp. Anyway, you slice it. You hate to see a guy go out like Jacob Lacey's having to go out here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer for sure, man. It really is. Um, how about, um, how about a little softball recruiting for you before we hit a break here? You, you want an easy life? You want an easy life covering recruiting where there's not a whole lot of heartbreaks or a whole lot of drama because the team you're covering seemingly always gets the best players? Well, go cover OU softball recruiting because right now, according to Softball America, 2025 top 10 players, OU has the number one, the number two, and number three players committed for the 25 class. Kai Miner, an outfielder. Lexi McDaniel, a shortstop. Kendall Wells, a catcher utility player. That, so, folks, is called elite recruiting. Yes, elite recruiting. And to all the haters out there who think that the run's coming to an end or hoping that it does come to an end, oh, I got bad news for you. It ain't coming to an end anytime soon. They're really good once again this year. They've got a core of newcomers who are already playing big innings, big hits, big innings pitched, and then they've got the number one, number two, and number three players committed in the 25 class. It ain't slowing down anytime soon. Uh, okay, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Parker is at Cavens today. More Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Join the movement. The Ref Army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. Wake up with Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. The T-Row in the morning show. It's what a sports show sounds like when people remember to have fun. PD some C. Like right now, we're going to PD some P. We're going to, after we leave here, we're going to go <laughs> punch down some pancakes. You are. I'm not, but I get what you're yeah. saying there. No, we're going to, like down. I would say, I, I, yes, I'd say after we get done, you ready to go PD some P. Some people would say, absolutely. Can't wait for the maple syrup on those pancakes. Some people. Who are these some people? What is the need to shorten everything? Like, why can't we just say Waco? Why no, just, say the co? What is like just to PD breathe. some P? What, what? You don't want to breathe? <laughs> I suppose I abbreve from time to time. Yeah. I seem. I don't think I abbreve as much as you abbreve. I think you make a game out of abbreving and then making me feel stupid when I don't know you're abbreved. T-Row and TJ, weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network.
Join Habitat for Humanity this Saturday for the third annual Common Grounds Coffee Festival at the Cleveland County Fairgrounds in Norman from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. The event includes 60-plus coffee vendors, artists, live music, and much more. Funds raised will help support home projects for Rose Rock Habitat for Humanity. Come out and enjoy this great event by visiting roserockhabitat.org and get tickets today. Introducing the Oklahoma Breast Center, a beacon of hope in the fight against breast cancer. With the guidance of Dr. Denise Rabel, our team of breast cancer specialists delivers the most advanced treatments for your best possible outcome. From diagnosis to survivorship, we guide you every step of the way, placing an emphasis on compassion, communication, and emotional support. Here, you're not just a patient, you're family. Let us stand with you on your journey to healing. To learn more, visit OklahomaBreastCenter.com or call 405-307-2623. OEC Fiber brings you the power of fiber optic technology right to your doorstep. Experience seamless streaming, lag-free gaming, and smooth video calls with OEC Fiber. But that's not all. With OEC Fiber, you get top-notch member and subscriber service and competitive pricing. Visit our website at www.oecfiber.com or call 405-217-6868 to sign up today. When students struggle because they are hungry or fall behind because they lack school supplies, a caring adult can make all the difference, especially someone from the community, someone who knows the students and the obstacles they might be facing. At Communities in Schools, our site coordinators surround students with a community of support to ensure that they have everything they need to engage in learning. We go all in for kids, all day, every day. To learn more, visit communitiesinschools.org. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. I love that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Are you looking for a luxury apartment for rent in Norman? The Falls at Brookhaven offers stunning two and three bedroom spacious floor plans with large walk-in closets, washer and dryer hookup, and a fabulous kitchen in a well-maintained calm environment. From plush carpet to sleek stainless steel appliances to a pool, 24-hour fitness, and two dog parks, the Falls at Brookhaven has it all. Call our locally owned and operated community at 405-701-8233 or go online to thefallsatbrookhaven.com for a free tour and see what living in luxury is like. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It is locked in with McComas and Thune. Parker is at Cavens Group today. And here is a direct quote from a 2025 defensive line prospect. Quote, My mama liked Bates, and you can never go wrong with what your mama want for you in life. So if my mama likes him, I love him even more. End quote. That's a quote that you guys got at uh, OUinsider.com. <laughs> Floyd Bucard, a defensive lineman, where out of uh, Miami? Yep, Miami, Florida. Apparently, Mama likes Todd Bates, so Floyd likes Todd Bates. Yeah, it's a really, really 
fun interview to have done last night, and I would encourage everybody to go and read the whole interview because you get a lot of background info on Floyd Bucard, who's got a really interesting journey that he's taken to get to where he is today. He's actually not from Miami, Tyler. He is from Canada, and so that's where huh. that's where you get a name like Bucard. But he spent his first two years of high school ball playing up in Canada, spent his junior year at Mobile Christian in Mobile, Alabama, and just transferred not much more than a month ago to Miami Central down in Miami. So that said, uh, he is a guy that doesn't really have a strong territorial preference. Like there's no school that's going to have the leg up automatically because they're close geographically. Uh And so that makes Oklahoma's case for that kid even stronger than it otherwise would be. I'd encourage everybody to go watch his tape. He's only a three-star right now in Rivals. His stock's going to rise. It is really, really impressive tape. Six foot four, 280 pounds is what Rivals has him listed at right now. When did he get that OU offer? He's got a, what, June visit coming up um, later on in the summer? Do you remember exact like was this OU uh, offer recent or has he had it for a few months? He picked it up at the beginning of the month, so it's been about okay. four weeks. Well, and, and I'm just looking at his offer list right now. You've got schools like Cincinnati, Indiana, Louisville, Michigan State, Midzu is on there. So OU is the best offer that he has right now, just in terms of prestige. I'm going to guess that Floyd is a guy that's Maybe he doesn't get like an every SEC offer, but he'll he'll slowly, I, I bet here, start picking up more and more impressive offers now that OU's offered. It kind of feels like that's the way it goes sometimes. He's got almost 30 scholarship offers as it is. When you look through the offer sheet, you would conclude, okay, Oklahoma's probably the biggest offer that he has. But, yeah, again, watch the tape. That's a guy that once, especially once he gets up north of 300 pounds, ooh, he's not going to be a fun matchup for SEC offensive linemen. Hawaiian Sooner says, for a minute, I thought they interviewed Bobby Boucher. (laughs) My mama liked Bates, and you can never go wrong with what your mama want for you in life. Yes, that's very good, Hawaiian Sooner. Only difference is uh, Floyd's mom likes Bates, and, well, Waterboy's mom did not like uh, Mr. Coach Klein at first. 785, are Floyd's measurables correct? 6'4", 280 pounds, linebacker and running back. Well, it says 6'4", I mean, 280 on Rivals. He, he, so he wasn't too – needless to say, he hasn't been 280 for very long. I believe he played his sophomore season at 240, 250. So he's he's gained a lot more weight over the last year or so. And so he no longer plays running back. He no longer plays linebacker. No, he's a defensive lineman. He plays defensive end right now as well as some defensive tackle. He projects to the interior long term. That's certainly where OU wants him. That's why Bates is leading the charge in his recruitment. I I do feel like we are finding out a little bit more about some of these defensive line prospects. Um, Floyd Bucard being one of them. I I guess we had already known about Landon Rink, but you just had an offer out recently to Malik Autry. Not that OU was behind the eight ball or anything on defensive line recruiting, no. but finding out more and more, it feels like at least for me over the past week about what Bates is trying to do with this class. Yeah, I mean, if a guy like Malik Autry wants to come, then you're going to take him, right? He's six foot six, three hundred and twenty pounds. That's a guy where you legitimately have no. There's no downside in offering him. You might as well shoot your shot and see what can happen. You're probably not flipping him. 
but I guess there's a chance, and then from there you just kind of move down the line with each of your targets. And Bates has a lot of them, and a lot of them that like Oklahoma. Landon Rink, Cole Breeler, certainly Bucard is a guy that they're high on. He's locked in his official visit for mid-June already. And then Trent Wilson, I'll remind everybody, is a guy that's coming to campus next weekend for the very first time. And he is a hellraiser. Congratulations are in order for a former Sooner who was a part of the 2000 National Championship team. Jamar Mosey is leaving Lee Summit North to go join the staff at UCF. So, congratulations to Jamar. He's with a Power 5 football program. He's at UCF. That's awesome for him. But it also raises the question, and we know what happened with the the Caden Green situation. What does this mean for OU's relationship moving forward with Lee Summit North now that a former Sooner is no longer the coach at that school? Well, giant question it, mark at this point. It, it does. It truly doesn't mean much of anything because at this point, I, Isaiah Mosey and OU—they've long been fading. I don't expect things to reignite there right now. You've got Kamari Moore committed. I guess maybe you worry about Kamari Moore potentially having the desire to follow his high school coach, but Kamari's been locked in with OU a long time, and nothing's ever really shaken his faith in Oklahoma and the future that he sees for himself at Oklahoma. So that's maybe the only possible ramification, but OU doesn't have any outstanding offers at least some at North besides Kamari Moore and Isaiah Mosey, and that probably wouldn't be the case going forward. So relatively inconsequential for OU. Yeah, I just wonder if it means anything for the future. Like, I, I agree with what, with you with what you say now, but that's still an area that OU is going to want to be active. And they still can be. It's oh, not, yeah, sure. Not just because that Mosey is off to Orlando, that OU can't ever land another player at least Summit North, but they want to be active in Kansas City. They've been successful there. That's a really good high school program. They will continue to put out prospects, and so – um, I, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't think it would totally sever the relationship, but I, I guess we'll be keeping an eye with what goes on with OU and Kansas City here, I guess, now the next few years. Yeah, and I, Oklahoma's going to maintain a strong presence in KC. They've offered a very diverse array of prospects up that way. Think about a couple of guys that will be taking official visits to Oklahoma later this cycle in Andrew Babalola and Dawson Merritt. Yeah, you had an in at least Summit North, which is one of the best programs in that area. And you know you may end up going back there at some point to make an offer or two. But Oklahoma does have solid relationships with a number of staffs and individuals and relevant recruits in the KC area. Uh, that's not that's not going to be substantially affected, I don't think, by Mosey's departure. Quick uh, update of the 2025 rankings of the top 10. Notre Dame still at number one because they've got 17 commits right now. Jeez. Ohio State is at two with three five stars. LSU is at three with three five stars. Clemson at four. Penn State at five. Right behind is Oklahoma at six. So OU close to getting back in the top five. There's Auburn at seven. Georgia at eight. Oregon at nine. And then Texas at number 10. So OU sitting at six right now, but could be like a commit away from getting back in the top five if anything is imminent there. Uh, okay, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And we'll get to more Cruton coming up next. A Jonah Williams update, an update on the uncommitted in-state prospects in the state of Oklahoma. 
and a lot more. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way we have for 63 years. So, if we don't have the exact model you're looking for... Tired of soaring insurance expenses or feeling uncertain about your coverage? At Rightway Insurance, every client receives a dedicated team of experts committed to addressing all your insurance worries. As an independent insurance company, they provide both personal and business coverage. Let them assist you in finding the optimal coverage for your specific needs. Contact Rightway Insurance at 405-607-6014 or at rightwayinsuranceok.com. That's Rightway Insurance, your trusted partner at 405-607-6014. Water is our most precious resource and something that should be conserved and used wisely. Here are some water conservation tips you can try. In the bathroom, if your shower can fill a one-gallon bucket in less than 20 seconds, replace the shower head with a water-efficient one. They are cheap, easy to install, and can save you up to 750 gallons a month. Water is life. This message was brought to you by the City of Norman. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you the sour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020. Many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. They sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. It's Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Rivals uh, updated the top 250 rankings, so they're going position by position, who currently has the best class at each position. OU does have the... Number one class at a certain position, and that's an athlete. And not because they have four or five athletes committed, Parker, but because they have Jaden Nickens committed right now, <laughs> number one. Uh, Rivals says he's one of the several in-state pledges for Brent Venables early in the cycle, jumping on board before his junior season. Tall and lean, he also has a strong basketball foundation in addition to working both sides of the ball come Friday nights. The frame makes most think of the future Sooner as a wide receiver, and the bounce he brings on the hardwood makes it much more intriguing as Nickens files, uh, fills out even more. So OU's got the number one athlete class, thanks to an in-state prospect, Jaden Nickens. Yeah, and they have, what, Trene Washington as well that's committed as an athlete? So he is contributing as well, is he not? Uh, Trene Washington, they have him uh, just listed as a tight end on, on rivals. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before. I don't think Trene Washington plays tight end at Oklahoma. I think the fact that the Sooners are actively pursuing two tight ends in the 2025 class speaks to that reality. I'll bet you he ends up on defense either as an edge rusher or as a stand-up linebacker. Uh, But, yeah, Jaden Nickens, there's no denying, man, that kid's freaky. And you don't need to look any further than the fact that he had Power 5 basketball offers as an 8th grader for evidence of that reality. Yeah, he's 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 really good. Can play offense, can play defense. Uh, we we saw that last year in the state championship game and the entirety of, entirety of his junior season. Yeah, he's he's good. He's real good, and he's only the sixth 
highest-rated player in the state. I mean, I, I bet there would be a lot of years where Jaden Nickens is the number one, number two player in the state of Oklahoma, but this year is just so loaded that he's not even in the top five currently. Just wild. Like, may, maybe the best example for how deep this class is is just that, is people who have seen Jaden Nickens up close say, man, he, he can go, man, he's really good. And the fact that he's not even in the top five right now I think speaks to just how much talent is in state this year. Yeah, again. We've said it for a long, long time. 2025 is an elite class in the history of the state of Oklahoma, at least when it comes to the modern recruiting era. The Sooners have taken full advantage. I mean, the only guys left to secure are Nate Roberts and Tristan Haynes and C.J. Nixon. I think they're well on track to doing it with C.J. Nixon. They'll just have to fight tooth and nail to make sure Roberts and Haynes don't end up deciding to take their talents elsewhere. But even so, even if they do, like let's say you don't get Roberts, you don't get Haynes. You signed seven of the top ten players in the state of Oklahoma in arguably the best year for the state in the modern recruiting era. You'll take that every day of the week and twice on Saturdays. Yeah, including the number one player right now, uh, Elijah Thomas. So I guess KU had a press conference for Lance Leipold. He's getting seven-plus million dollars a year at Kansas. Good for him. I guess it was revealed in the press conference, and it, it it's, isn't too surprising, I guess, the more that I think about it. KU will play home games, or at least some of their home games this year at Arrowhead. But if KU makes the 12-team playoff, and they get one of those coveted home playoff games in the first round, they won't be playing a home playoff game in Lawrence. <laughs> KU will be playing a home playoff game at Arrowhead of all places. It's awesome. Injected <laughs> into my veins. I want KU in the field. Let's make it happen. OU and KU at Arrowhead in the first round. Who would have more fans there? Oh, you would. I think it- no, I take that back. I think KU would. I think if their team made the playoffs, they'd show up in mass. I mean, attendance at that school has increased exponentially since they actually got good again. I mean, you remember, 2019, OU goes up there, there were like 10,000 fans there, maybe, maybe 10,000. Same deal in 2021. They had to open the gates up at halftime just to get people to show up for what at the time was an impressive upset bid by the Jayhawks. No, I mean, they were the uh, punchline of the joke for about a decade, maybe even a decade plus in the sport, and now Lance Leipold has made KU relevant, and they're actually good, and they could maybe even win the conference next year and make the 12-team playoff. It's pretty incredible what he's done, and and in a reasonably short amount of time, too. Like, to turn Kansas around, I thought you were going to have to give someone, like, five, six years to do so. But he's turned it around, and he's done it. He's turned it around pretty quickly. So. That's what I'm saying, man. Like impressive. we talked about it yesterday. There's no overstating the impressiveness of what Lance Leipold has pulled off. Because to turn things around there, period, was going to take some doing. To do it in the span of two seasons, the way he did, getting them right back to bowl eligibility. Oh boy, that's a job. Colin KC says I would be there. So we'd at least have Colin KC on our side, doing a post game show from the parking lot of uh, Arrowhead Stadium. It'd be sweet. Uh, Jonah Williams update, the five-star from Galveston, Texas. I saw a quote yesterday that Oregon is still pushing for the five-star Jonah Williams, which is not all that surprising. I'm sure several other schools are still pushing for Jonah Williams as well, OU included. And they'll keep pushing, and they'll keep pushing, and they'll keep pushing, even after he commits, right? And I don't think this one will go down to National Signing Day or anywhere close to it, but – 
the thing about it is, even if you get a kid like that commit, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you all, I don't mind saying it, and maybe it's already public knowledge to some extent, but Miami and other programs, they were still swinging at David Stone all the way up until Penn hit paper. That's what happens when you get a five-star committed. you got they, you got to hang on to him from there. Also, congratulations are in order, not only for Jamar Mosey, but for uh, Jamar Kane as well. He, he's a He's a good dude. Yes, sir. What, he went to LSU after OU? Well, he was at USC for a week and a half. USC for a week and a half, then to LSU, then to the Broncos. He was the Broncos pass rush specialist, and now he's expected to be promoted to the Broncos' new defensive line coach. 43 years old, Jamar Kane. I thought he did a really good job at OU, and the way that he conducted himself after the exit of Muleshoe, I think a lot of people still appreciate as well. So Jamar Kane, one of the guys you root for. Um, he's had a, done a nice job in Denver already. Looks like he's going to be the new D-line coach out there. Good for him. Yeah. Super, super excited for Jamar Kane. Super excited that he also gets to be the defensive line coach for a program, or I'm sorry, program, for a franchise that has so much OU DNA, including a guy that's going to play for him in his position group in Nick Benito. All right, that'll do it for Locked In. Appreciate Cavens for having Parker out. The Rush, coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. You're listening to the home of Sooner.